Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. How many of us know that we are in the middle of a season of of a revival in this nation? Does anybody know that? Y'all been paying attention to fires everywhere. Remember last conference, Pastor Victor prophesied a word over us and he said, we're like a fire that has started. And I don't know about you, but I feel the fire coming right here in the Gap Church. So I need God to get some praise this morning for what he's doing. As you take your seats, I want you to greet three people. Greet three people. Tell them welcome to church. Tell them I'm happy to see you. I'm glad you made it. And I'm gonna quickly invite two amazing people to join me on the stage right now. We have Pastor Lyde Ropotusin and none other than Brother Taya. Say, hey, what's up, y'all? Go ahead and clap it up. Please have a seat, please have a seat right here. Um, If you are joining us for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want you to tell your neighbor what series we're in. Tell them what series are we in? Let's talk about it. And um, can we just give honor and just thank God for the life of the Gap Church Choir, the Gap Worship. I mean, always consistent. We thank God for their life. But we have been in an amazing series on dating and courtship in the Gap Church all month long. And as we all know that, you know, we got to wrap it up, say, aww. Um, But all month long, we have been asking you to send in your questions, and we've been encouraging you to send in anything you're curious about, and finally, we get to talk about it, right? Come on, clap it up, clap it up. So I'm going to quickly allow you to introduce yourself. You're going to tell us your name. You're going to tell us what's your relationship status, (laughs) because I, I want people to understand you're speaking from a place of not just spiritual perspective, but personal perspective. So who are you? Thank you. Um, afternoon, everyone. <laughs> uh, my name is Tayo Adeni, and um, I'm married. Um, yes, so beautiful wife. Uh, we've been married for three years now, going our fourth year. And we have a beautiful baby boy, too, as well. And we, we know a lot about you, but how long have you been married, Pastor Lydie? The way she, you know when you've been married a long time, you got to breathe first. <laughs> how long have you been married, Ma? Just 32 years, but to the glory of God. Um, And so we're so excited. I'm happy that we get to chat today. We had uh, dealt with quite a few questions in our first service, but we're just going to jump right into it. And I don't know how much time we'll have to take some recent questions, but in case we do, go ahead and send them to the number that you see on the screens and let's get into it. So we're just going to go for it. I mean, this this is some heavy stuff. Um, So... How do you tell a person, we'll start kind of light, Tayo. How do you tell a person you've gone on several dates with that you're not interested in moving forward? Because you don't see yourself getting married to the person. Do you wait until he or she asks to move forward in the relationship? See, these are some skills. Instead of ghosting, listen, how do you tell them? Can you repeat that? (laughs) How do you tell a person you've gone on several dates with that you're not interested in moving forward because you don't see yourself getting married to this person. All righty. Um, <laughs> so for me, my perspective, um, I think first of all, well, you don't, one thing I'll say you should not do, please do not send a text. Yeah. Um, especially if you didn't send a text through, hey, let's go out or yeah. let's date, right? So let's be respectable. <laughs> Um, But the way to go about it is definitely you want them to feel comfortable, Mm. right? Uh, You don't want to humiliate them as well. Mm. You want to come out of a place of respect. Um, But make sure you're truthful as well. Um, Everyone's idea, goal, or whatever you're looking for, because I hope, I don't know. For me, if I want to go on a date with someone, I let them know what I'm looking for right? That helps because you already have a goal. You already have an expectation. And by the time, if that comes in play, okay, you've gone on several dates and you're not seeing what you're looking for, then you can reference to that first conversation. That's good. That's good. 
But in case you don't have something, <laughs> if you don't give an expectation, but also let them know why. Hmm. Right? You're not just dropping them. You want them also to work on themselves. Yeah. Right? So That's let them good. know why. You shouldn't just drop the ball. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know. I'm not just feeling it. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not about feeling Right? Um, so that's why you have to let them know why. Let your why be factual as well, too. That's so good. That, I love that because you're not just going off of vibes. Exactly. You're going off of facts. Like, there are things that are just not working. And, that, and so that, like you said, someone can work on, each, on themselves. So, so how do you, now, now we said to this person, what if he or she want, has already said that they want to move forward and it's getting more? And maybe you've actually already in courtship. And you say something isn't right. Like Pastor Lydie talked about red flags, right? They've met, maybe you've brought this person to your family already and it's a little bit more serious. How do you handle it? I don't know if Pastor Lydie wants to take that part. <laughs> yeah, I like what I said. And good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for having us here. I, I like what I said because you need to set the tone. You need to set the expectations before you go. And this is the miss point, the missing point. A lot of people take it for granted when you start, but it's actually, it's, it's a good reference point because when you're reflective, you can go back to that discussion. Now, uh, moving on to courtship, um, everybody knows it's now public, and then you now see the red flags. You need to talk about it. Yeah. Because if it's a consistent pattern that is DNA in them, <laughs> you need, um, did you hear what I just said? Yeah. If it's a consistent pattern that is DNA to them, you know that it's, uh, it requires a lot of um, prayers, binding and losing for you to take that out. And if you really want to exercise your spiritual authority by doing that before you get married, I think um, you need to think if that's what you want. Yeah. But really, if it's something you need to think about, maybe it's a bit, maybe it's some character defects or maybe their lifestyle choices, because these are things that can be changed if there's a level of commitment. And the person says that I'm about to lose something I think that I actually love. They can make changes and give them time. Yeah. And actually, as they progress in those changes, you can actually see the difference. You can see changes. Affirm it to them, encourage them yeah. that it can be better. Um, let me give you one example. When I was dating my husband, now, my husband, we didn't date. We went into courtship. <laughs> That's it. You know, you can think 32 years back. Because he came to me, I want to marry in, in three months. I was like, in six months. Now, I used to have an anklet um, chain, an uncle chain that I wear. My mom was wearing it. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, I was wearing it. But my husband's perspective of that is that it's actually like... Um, some kind of girls that he really doesn't like. And so, and I mean, we've been, we've been serious. We are planning our wedding. And um, it came to me one day. And I work in corporate environment. So I won't wear it Monday to, through Friday because that's not part of our dress code. But um, <laughs> Friday night, I put it there because it's weekend. And he notices that anytime I come to him, I always wear that. And um, he had to... He said, why do you wait? And he actually used the, you know, the slang of the people that wear it. And I looked at myself, am I that kind of a person? And I tell you, I don't even know where that chain went that night. That was it. Because I realized that what he compared me with wasn't who I am. Yeah. And I think that's his own way of communicating that to me. That why do you wear this like these ladies? And, and that was it. So I didn't even give him an explanation that my mom does it. Do you think my mom, my mom is an engineer. She's very educated and she wears this everywhere she goes. So, and she's my role model. But that's but, what he cares about. But that's what he cares about. Yeah. And I had to change it. But if, it, if the changes need to go into the DNA and we need to do some spiritual warfare on it, then yeah. and you know that it's not going to, it's going to take a lot of time for you to make so, those changes, then you may need to sit down and because she has enough to, to let the relationship, release the relationship. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I want to say this because we have a lot. Wow. Y'all really went in on these questions. Yeah. But I do want to mention something here. Uh, this question, I think Tayo can kind of speak to it. It says, a lot of guys do not understand the importance of mentorship figures because they had an absent father 
or father figures in their lives. How do you deal with that as a young woman? That's real, because you can have a physical father, but not a mental father, right? A father that's not mentally present. So you have a lot of guys now that they may have not had a father that was maybe emotionally engaging, didn't really talk to them. And now they're in a season of life where they want to get married. And as a woman, that can be hard when you're dealing with someone that doesn't have a mentor, doesn't have someone that talks to them, right? Or keeps them accountable. All right. So I think hopefully this person, um, that's why we have a community, right? First of all. And for me and for, I believe, majority of everyone here as well, our community, first community will be the church. We all, if you're in a church, uh, you should have a spiritual father in this case, right? That you can approach. Because the thing is, the first thing is, the father figure is missing, right? So you approach the spiritual father and let them know what's going on, right? And you also let them know if they don't mind to be that mental or, you know, spiritual father figure for you going towards this journey. And I'm sure as well, if a uh, majority of our fathers and pastors, um, they will, if they don't, I'm sure usually they will probably want to, but they will know one or two people that they know that, yes, they fit or they are capable to help you yeah. in, within that journey, right? So I'll say you want to start from there first, yeah. right? Um, and that will help because it's very vital because you might not know, you might think you're fine, but there will be some things that you're going to be exhibiting that is as a result of your background yeah. or the way you have been um, you know, brought up, right? So that's why it's very key. But the other thing too is you're already in, in, in talks with this um, lady. Probably maybe you're already also, you know, you know the lady's family you know, probably father or mother, the father too can step in. Yeah, that's so good. The father can step in. Let him understand because if you go with that mindset, trust me, the father-in-law will know that you're serious. That sets you apart already. So make sure, I mean, those are the two things I'll say. That's like some serious game he just gave there that even if you don't have a present father in your life, the person that you're courting as a guy, you can go to her father and submit to him. And that's a huge, huge thing, right? Um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean, you have a different, you have a bit interesting upbringing too because yes, I do. you lost your father, right? Yes, I so did. could you talk a little bit about how that, because you lost him before you got married. That's right. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, I've been mean, I mean, no, 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 it's facts. No, no, seriously. business, I mean. No. <laughs> Sorry. It, it is, exactly. yeah. yeah. Because I want people to understand yeah, you're not you, just talking you're right. air. Yeah. So for me, actually in this point, already my, my present wife, we're already dating. Um, she already met my father and all that. But at that point in time, when that separation happened, then I had an uncle, you know, also where we're staying that back in Indiana also, as well that stepped in. And also I was relying on my pastor as well. Right? So these two father figure they really helped me through the journey, right? In terms of, I had so many questions, right? How am I going to go about it, right? You know, hey, I'm about to propose and all that, or whatever the case is, you know, should I ask, you know, the family first of, the, uh, um, of my wife now? So for me, pretty much that's how I went about it, right? I had an uncle that I know that also is married, you know, he's been through the journey, right? So um, he was there for me, and also my pastor was there for me. That's so good. Thank you so much. So there's no excuses, really. I think if you look around, there's plenty of support and help. And um, I want to ask this question here. I don't know if Pastor Lady yeah, has Yeah, I wanted to, to add to that. I always make sure that um, you, your parents don't have it all. Mm, that's right. That's so they good. don't have it all. And I tell you, so always look for somebody that asks as what is missing that you need. Mm. Um, and go to them. Humble yourself and go to them. Because we have different background. And many people miss it because they have this tunnel vision. So you sometimes you may need to look around. Because as you, if you look at your parents, they, may, they don't have all the answers. 
And don't forget that even as they mature, they change, they make changes. They may not let you know. So the perspective that you see will be different from what you're going to see in the next 10, 15 years in that journey. So irrespective, always make sure that you look for someone that can help you in that journey. Somebody trusted. That's so good, especially in the situations where maybe your parents have lived separated, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe they have, they're not divorced, but they have really true, deep marital problems. Maybe there's been infidelity in the marriage that you've been growing around. So you don't realize how, maybe you don't believe in infidelity, but those things can really, you can inherit them without realizing. So this is so key what she's saying. Now this is an interesting question. How do I deal with my boyfriend always spending time with a particular female friend? Hold up, I think I can speak to that. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I think said, I can speak to that. <laughs> You're right, um, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. So, and I'm gonna bring it down. Um, so for me to um, pretty much, while I was in school, I had so many female friends. Like majority, majority of my friends were female friends. Um, but when I asked, well, then my girlfriend, now my wife, out, I knew I had to part ways or set boundary, step back. But how do you ask or deal with a boyfriend always spending time with a uh, particular female friend? First of all, you want to communicate that to your boyfriend, right? You don't want to assume or you don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. Communication is the first thing, right? You have to communicate. Once you communicate and let them see the reason why. Do not be afraid to share your feeling. Let's say maybe you're nervous or, I don't know, jealous. I mean, it happens, and trust me. Let them know the reason why. Don't sugarcoat, right? If he's truly your boyfriend, he's going to do what's right for you in order for you to be comfortable, in order for you to feel secure. So yeah, that's what I'll say. And may I add that it might just also be a test too, because if you're communicating to that person that, hey, you know, you're alone time, maybe you have, they have a female friend um, that they always run errands with. That's a thing, right? Or maybe they went to college together, so they do a lot of things together, right? Um, I want you to help them understand that I would like to be that person that you run errands with. That how are we going to go a friendship if that person is kind of taking away some of those opportunities that I have to spend time with you? I think it's the way that you put it. Because what you don't want to do is like, you need to stay away from her. Right? Because what you're doing is you are being insecure. Right? And you're speaking from a place of fear that this person has come to steal my man. And that's that, what we don't want to do is we're not competing for somebody, right? Right? And that's an honest truth, right? Yeah. You want to be transparent and help them understand that this, this is actually unhealthy. It's hindering us becoming closer because what should be appropriate for me is given away to someone else. And that sh that's really when you're courting, too. I think it's important to have that conversation. Yeah. Sure. I can have to, sorry. Um, she said something, a friend. So is there something missing that you're not doing in that your boyfriend is actually seeing in that female friend? Right? I mean... Tyra, what? what? I didn't, we a, didn't bring you here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a question. <laughs> then reflect, right? So, just, uh, yeah, that's, that's That's a real thing, though. Because that is so... You know what? Let's, let's talk about it. There's, there's something I want to say here before we go to the next question. That, that, that's something, let me give you an example. You know, there might be, maybe the guy's love language is acts of service. And you are, your love language is maybe gifts, right? So you're giving the guy gifts. You're not really making yourself available. You're always busy on the weekend. If the guy has some things that he wants to do, right, and you're not making yourself available, maybe that female friend is speaking and making themselves available, Right? So you have to be wise, right? Because what did Pastor Lida say? Life is a game. Play right. Play right. Yeah, play right. Let's, let's behave and move to this next. <laughs> so this is a good question. I believe in living with my partner before marriage. I would like to know why you think that this is not ideal. One, one house, please. 
So what do we say? And I think we need to really talk about living with someone because this is something that is a societal acceptance. A lot of people, once they've been with someone long enough, they are serious. The next point before they get married is typically to just move in with them, right? But remember what we said in the Gap Church, we are teaching you biblical truths. We are not going to use what the world says and fix it to the Bible. We're going to use the Bible to tell us what to do in the world. You understand what I'm saying? And biblically speaking, let me set the record straight before Pastor Lyde gives it to you. (laughs) Biblically speaking, it is inappropriate to step into the realm of the benefits of a committed relationship, marriage, without the commitment and the binding contract of the covenant of marriage. That covenant of marriage protects you. When you're exposing yourself without the covenant in place, you're exposing yourself to major damage, emotional damage, right? So don't think you're saving yourself money by sharing rent. What you're saving in money, you're losing in dignity, you're losing in value. Because let me not lie to you that that may be a major deal breaker for the next relationship, the right one for you, that you've already lived with someone. Let me not lie to you, kids is even more serious than marriage, but don't downplay marriage. Don't let the world fool you. Marriage is not something to be afraid of. If you're living with them, you're, 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 you're sharing groceries, you guys are going on vacations together. What, what are we doing? And we're not committed? Pastor Lydie, please. When I look at this question, there are two things that came to mind. If you go to rent a car, one of the things that they'll ask you is your insurance, right? And, and down the lane and line of all the bills and the line I tell one of them would be like a damage waiver. Those two things, um, they put it ahead because um, just in case something happens to the car, you have a collision or whatever, they are covered. When we come to relationship and when we come to cohabiting, what is your insurance? Wow. Where is the damage cover? And where is, if there's any collision, what happens? Well, like we said scripturally, First Corinthians chapter 7, and we're reading 36 and 37 in the New Living Translation. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 36 and 37, in the New Living Translation. Now, the scripture is about gender, but it doesn't matter. It's either a woman or a woman, and I read but if a man thinks that he's treating his fiancée improperly and we inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not his sin. Yeah. Now, verse 37. But if he has decided firmly not to marry and there's no urgency and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. Wow. Thus says the Bible, not Pastor Lydie. I think it's clear. If you know that you have to cohabit and you know that intimacy is not going to be involved in it, but you know you can't handle, you don't have that self-control, that there will not be any intimacy, uh, the Bible says that, okay, don't marry. But then if you know that intimacy will come, it's one bedroom. Hello. And you are moving in. I mean, we know. Come on now. We're grown. Let's be real. Let's talk about it. Let's be real. Don't deceive yourself. And God sees everything. You know, I quoted a scripture here last time, and that is in Hebrews chapter 10, I think verse 26 and 27. A lot of things can be excused if you are not, if you don't know. But if you know and you go do it, then that's when the punishment comes in. And I'm not talking about a lot of, uh, God forgive me here, but I want you to know that a lot of things comes up later in marriage and then you you go back and you're like, is that what I did? Hmm. That that makes this happen. You can confront challenges that comes to you in marriage when you know that you have followed the Lord. Yes. It's it's, It's a safe haven for you, honestly. 
It's a safe haven. And really, your flesh may deny it, but you just have to control yourself. Financially, you know you are not capable. Look for a girlfriend to live together with. We, we set a standard for ourselves that we know that we cannot even achieve because we can't live with one person. But circumstances make you to live with a guy because he's going to share the bill with you. And you know what goes in it. You know definitely. You know. You know. You should know about it. That's, there's no way your body is going to pay for this. You're not that strong. And if you damn the consequence, what about if other consequences come? Can you handle it? We do not know tomorrow. Nobody plans any, I mean, <laughs> nobody plans the inevitable. I've seen a lot of people that they've been married virgin and 10 years they're not, they're still trusting God. But they can go back to God and God, you know, I kept myself. God, you know, you can dig in and say, God, you have to come through for me because I didn't mess around. I kept myself. And God has surely come for the, through for them. I don't want us as Christians to compare ourselves with unbelievers. Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. That freedom is not for you to have liberty to do anything. But that freedom, it's like you have the expression to, you have that boldness and that confidence to bring any situation that comes to you to God. <laughs> I think, um, not to beat this one too much, but I do want to say something really quickly, is that some of us also stop looking for people to affirm your, your sin. And yeah, you're looking for an accomplice or an affirmation partner, right? You have heard the truth here in this church, but you know you have a friend that's going to okay what you're doing. Don't go do it. He who has an ear... Let him hear. That's what the word of God says. Praise God. So how soon do I tell my fiance to be about a part of my past that I'm not proud about? This is so good. Come on, Tayo. How soon? <laughs> I'll say yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the earlier, the better. Um, you don't want to invest so much when probably that could be a, a deal breaker for them. Then it makes it tougher. So if you start now, you and your fiancé, you'll be able to ash out everything, whatever, because trust me, like, you just, it's better to just deal with it now, right? It's, it's just better to just deal with it now. Because by the time you've invested so much and later on you decide, ah, probably I now trust, or I don't know, trust you to, you know, hear what I need to say, it might be really tough and it's going to bring so much hurt, right? Um, so I'll say yesterday if you can, but I mean, but just do it right now. And if I may add that it might be more of a betrayal now in the point of uh, being a, their, your fiancé, um, so you better say it now so that that person is not hurt. And I think we need to just give God a chance to surprise us, that the person might be completely yeah. capable of handling your truth. Uh, I said something in the Gap Church a couple of years ago, is that the person that God has called you be with, be, to be with is mm -hmm. grace for you. They have the capacity to handle your baggage, your stuff, sure. right? And I think we need to really, the Bible says there is no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Don't condemn yourself out of a good thing because you don't think that this person can handle it, right? I, I, I've seen people that have, they've had abortions before in the past. They've had, you know, maybe they've done certain things to the opposite sex they're not proud of. And then now they're in marriage and they've got to say it. Yeah. Say it. People can handle it. I'm telling you, there's nothing that that's bad. Anything you can think of, it's been done before. That's right. Even worse. You'd be surprised. Um, also, the first thing I'll say is pray to God before you go forth. You'd be surprised that God has prepared him for it, right? Um, because there's always a reason for everything. And also, there's God prepares everyone for a journey ahead of them. 
So you just be surprised that as she speak to your you know fiance about it that they really yeah it might be a hard pill to swallow but they took it well than what you actually imagine or assuming. So outside with what Yeni said, um, just give it a try. You might be surprised. So this is a sorry, Pastor. Okay, we had a testimony, a testimony in the Faith Church recently about a couple. They came to dedicate the second son. And the guy, when it was time to give testimony, he said, um, when, they were caught, when they were in courtship, I, I know about the story of the lady. She had had um, a major um, a surgery on her reproductive organ. And um, it's like 50-50 chance for her to have a child. And she said, during the courtship, she mentioned it to the guy that we may have a delay in childbearing, but I don't know. But this is what has happened, and I've had these surgeries, and this is the outcome, and this was the, what the doctor said. And the guy straight up just like, that's fine. I just know you are the right person for me. And whatever it is that, I mean, when I was looking at the guy that I was like, wow. He said, I don't care. God is in charge. And they've been married for just three years, now they have two kids. Boom. <laughs> That's how it is. That's, that's how it and is. just another life experience real quick, why it's better now. My wife and myself, we have a friend. Actually, we went for their wedding in 2019, before our wedding. Um, then a week, even it's not up to a year, actually, they, they're, they're no longer together. And the reason there is because the guy hid something from the lady. I don't know what it is. Nobody, they didn't want to share. But they're no longer together. Just one year. Right, and they're no longer together, so you want to definitely weigh right, so you know the right thing to do. That's so good. Um, so this one's a good question: Is do you think God could send you the right person at the wrong time? God doesn't have a hand in that. <laughs> that that sounds like a romantic comedy on Netflix. That is not real life. That's that's not real life. Another thing too, just as a pastor said too, is. Your wrong time might not be the wrong time with God. You're thinking, yeah, I'm still going to school. I don't really have my, well, I don't know, finances, whatever the case is. Your wrong time might not be God's wrong time. That's it. That's, that's, that's a good, that's Bible oily. Says, that God makes good. all things beautiful at his own time. Ecclesiastic. Not at your time, but at his own time. Ecclesiastic chapter 3, I tell people. Yeah. Not your time, but at his own time. This is why you can't have too many plans in place. You have to be flexible when you're working in God's will. Sure. You have to be flexible. Don't say, I, had, I, I remember a, a personal testimony, you know, somebody that, oh, in my, in my family, the ladies, we marry late. We are professional women. We like to, I mean, let me tell you, this is real life story. She's had three missed proposals because of this. Oh, yes. Because uh, everything she ever heard when she was growing up is, oh, you know, you have to be, put your career first. You know, the women in our family, we marry, we marry, we're beautiful, we, we stay young, we look beautiful. Don't be lying. If it might be that you might be breaking that generational curse by marrying early. So don't let anyone impose their belief system on you when it's out of God's will. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, so is, this one's an interesting question, is that, it said, um, should you support your partner financially in the courtship stage? Pastor Lydie, I'll let you answer that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you already know my answer to that. <laughs> People are like, nah. <laughs> you, know, you need to secure your investment. And that investment means that it's my me money and we need to just manage it right now. Now, this is where wisdom is required. Every man marries for a need. R write that down. <laughs> write that down. That is and that's how God has wired them. Adam was in the splendor of God's glory in the Garden of Eden. 
And God made the animals two by two, male, female. But Adam, Adam a male. And God himself had to checkmate himself. Like, what did I do? I think I did something wrong here. This man actually needs an helpmate and carved out Eve. If you, every man who is serious minded, when he goes to a girl, will actually see that this is a need meet for me. Yeah. And that need could be financial because there's no support. If you have the capacity to handle and to help, stretch but not too much. And what I mean is that if he has to go to school, he's got all the loans, but he doesn't have money to buy food. You can give him a stipend if you have the ability to do. But if he can't pay his rent and he has a two-bedroom apartment that he's living by himself. <laughs> downsize. You got to downsize. And if you say it to him over and over and over, why don't you get a roommate? And it's like, you know, I just love my space. And then at the end of the month, you still need to. That's already a liability. Yes. So, so that's why I said it's two sides of a sided coin. You know, you need to just evaluate it. And then you, if you know that they're living the lifestyle that they cannot support, nah. uh, that's going to be a big one on you because they're going to be leaning so much on you. And that's going to be a conflict, a huge conflict in your marriage if you go forward. I would also like to say thank you, Pastor Lighty, that generosity, I think, should be tested in the yes. courtship stage. Mm -hmm. Both sides. I think that um, you have to know if the person you're dealing with is a bit stingy. Mm. You know, and let me be honest, real life, you know, like uh, when I was courting my husband, he was not living in the state for the first part of our relationship. So whenever he'd come around, you know, I, you don't have to really do much at that point because they don't have a place they're staying in. You just go out. Everything is high life, you know, restaurants. But eventually when he moved out here, you know, he's not wanting to go out to eat all the time. And I remember back then my mom was like, why don't you make him food? I'm like, he has not paid my bride price. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> Cooking for what? <laughs> but you know, but if you want to be, you're no, and not. I'll make the food. I'll pack it. To but take we're it. going there. Wait. <laughs> if you're not trying to be a girlfriend, but you're looking to be his wife, it was a test of the wifelyhood. Because the thing is, I had to humble myself and make the okra and make the jollof and everything like that. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but I'm being sincere here is that we would see scriptural references, you know, that there's, there's nothing like when you test the generosity, and it goes both ways. If you're, if you're dealing with a guy that you notice he's a bit stingy, maybe, maybe it's, as a guy, it's not, you, you see that your girlfriend's oil needs to be changed, take her car to go get it changed. When you come back, fill her gas tank. It doesn't, what are, see what we're not, we're, you see a lot of us, we've romanticized what we think generosity is. We think generosity is in the fancy bags and the cars and, and trips. It's not, it's the little, Bible says it's the little foxes, it's the little things. And then you start to realize that, wow, every time this guy brings my car to me, my car, my gas tank is full. You know, there's something, yeah. Sure. There's something my now husband used to always do t for me back then. I didn't see it as a big deal, but there's no time. Even if it could be a Saturday morning, he'll just detail my car for me. I didn't ask him to do that. But that tells good you. Good man. Good man. Clap for him. Clap for him. I mean, yeah, let me behave, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead, Tyo. No, it's good. Uh, <laughs> just as she said, the little things re actually matter. Uh, I remember I, I was in school then too, back then. Well, my wife too, we're, uh, well, my wife now, she was in school too. Um, there was a time in which, you know, our, our car actually got spoiled, right? So one thing, and also one thing I do, and she, up to today, they still reference this. I take it out of my time to make sure I pick her up, and also sometimes even pick our brothers up, right? So... For me, it was, that's, that's who I am. And up to today, just because of that, that little thing, 
I mean, we still joke about it with her, with our brothers. Like, yeah, I remember back then, you know, you used to come and pick me up. Meanwhile, you didn't. She, you know, she jokes about it. I, maybe probably I, I was trying to get somewhere, but um, yeah. <laughs> but it's just because That's of who I am. Point, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this last question. Um, oh, actually, let's take this to, I'll kind of try to um, do this here. Um, so it says, now that we have learned that we should avoid intimacy before marriage, how do we discern if, um, our partners maybe are trying to rush to be married in order to avoid waiting. So rushing to set a date, rushing, they're not, maybe they're not ready in other areas, but because they don't want to wait too much, they just want to go ahead and get married. Dio. <laughs> yeah, re repeat that again just yeah. to make sure I digest that. Yeah, so how do you manage a situation where the person is trying to rush to marriage because they want to avoid waiting, waiting to have sex before marriage. Maybe they don't want to fall into that sin. How do you avoid it? Hmm. Why should, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, I mean, first question, I mean, that's why, why are you trying to avoid it? I don't know, but. Avoid marriage, right? I, I, yeah. I, I was gonna say this too, Tayo, go ahead. I mean, that's, that's my first thought, yeah. right? But however, if that's the case, right, um, I think <sighs> that's a deep one, seriously. The, yeah, so the scripture tells us that if, the, if you cannot handle the passion, go and, and get, get married. married. And I know sometimes, and I don't want us to be responsible, because the idea is you don't say, ooh, this person's attractive, I want to get it on, and then you just go marry them. Like, there's no wisdom in that, right? That's not what the scripture is not telling you. But... If you are looking, there are certain things that shouldn't be a limit or barrier into marriage, right? Sometimes we put too much emphasis on financial readiness. Sometimes we put too much emphasis on, um, you know, just physical aspects of life. Sometimes we're not able to figure things out. Like I always tell people who they live in long distance or transcontinental relationships where you have to be able to face the fact that somebody has to be willing to make a sacrifice here to make this thing work. Like we can't have our cake and eat it too. Right? If the person is living in London and you're living in, you know, in the US, maybe you're gonna have to live in London for a couple of months. Let's be honest truth. But some of us, we want everything to be figured out first and the other partner can't wait. And you don't want that person to now start living in sin sure. or dabbling into all kinds of this because you're being selfish because you want, maybe you want your Bella Nigel wedding and this person can only give you a courthouse wedding. Also, another thing too I can add to that is if, you, if you're choosing to wait for whatever reasons, maybe you want to have a nice dinner or whatever the case, you want to travel out together before going out, I mean, before marriage. But the thing is, actually, you can do those things even after marriage, right? Like, so why just, why, why, what's, why are you waiting for? I mean, that's just my question, right? But the thing is also, if you choose to wait, but just make sure you communicate. Make sure you know, let the person know why. What's the timeline? Like, okay, hey, I'm looking into X, Y, and Z. But also make sure you set about boundaries, right? You got to, because you know, you already know this person I mean, they're rushing because they can't just handle it because, you know, temptation or whatever that passes. So just make sure you communicate boundaries in place as well. And also, whatever the reason is, you want to make sure within that time frame that you guys have communicated, hey, three months, six months, make sure you're doing those things, right? Be intentional about it. Yeah. So this last question, um, and I think we can all speak on this, but I'll let Pastor Lydis start off is, his mother tends to be overbearing. What should I do? We haven't spoken a ton about in-laws and parents, but this is a very important point. His mother is overbearing. Yeah, what, and should, what should I, I do? Um, what I would just um, encourage you to do is to learn. If this is the person you're going to marry, he's going to demand the same thing that the mother does with you. The first thing is for you to just humble yourself and just try to be friends with the mother. Most of the time, a guy will always marry somebody like their mother. That's it. That's the fact you need to know. And because that's the model that's been given to them. So if the mother is overbearing, you may never, you may never know, maybe it was a single uh, parent family, and she's a uh, mama beer. You want to know what's, what's, you just need to just be friends. The moment it takes you to the mother, make sure you become a daughter. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. But if he hasn't taken you to the mother yet, just know that maybe other people are still going through the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> but if, he has, if you know that the mother is overbearing and he has taken you to the mother, just know that the, you already got like 70%. Mommy has, the discussion has gone behind. Her mommy has said, yeah, I like her. So you have to come now as a daughter. And what's, what she does, don't complain because he has, he, that's what he's living with. Changes can be made when you marry. But when it comes to the way he handles his mom, you can't read. Don't even, don't, it's a go in between. Don't go in between that. I was going to say that I see, um, I was going to give a, a, just an alternate perspective here that maybe the person's mother is not a Christian or they have a bit of a toxic behavior pattern that's not healthy. Let's be honest, because it could be either way. You could have someone who's over, overbearing in love. Maybe they're very like, I want to pray for my... I want. That's different. But you know there's some mothers that you have like some serious issues, right? Maybe there's some, I mean, some witchcraft in the family. Let's be honest, we're African here. Or maybe there's just some nasty behavior pattern that the person does. Um, I want you to understand that, number one, irrespective of how negative and terrible this person is, this is the situation where maybe the man may not want to marry like someone like his mother because of the abuse that he dealt with, right? That's a, point. That's a point, right? Sometimes the man knows what not to marry because of the kind of mother he had. But the Bible says that the gift of a man makes room for him. And you're going to have to learn that all the boundaries, all that, that comes into marriage. But pre-marriage, you still need to be be exercising the gift strategy. Remember her birthday. Give her something. Compliment her. I mean, this is not manipulation. This is wisdom. Because some of you, you're thinking that, oh, she's toxic. I don't want to get, uh. That's still his mom's. DNA does not, blood does not trump all of your attitude. Blood is blood, right? So it doesn't mean that you're still not going to be praying about the situation in your prayer closet, but you need to exercise wisdom. If there is a family gathering, right, and you're engaged to the guy, attend the family gathering. Help her out. Oh, mommy, what do you need help with? Be a good person. And the same goes with a guy. Even if her father is hard-headed, he doesn't know anything about a Bible, he wants to talk to you politics, you better go and research all the politics of Liberia and Ghana before you get to the house and be ready to talk with him. Because that's what he cares about. And bring him his favorite cologne. Do make sure that you're strategic. Because once we then get into marriage, then the strategy is a bit different. But before that, again, you need to get to work. Any last yeah, thoughts? I can add to that too a little bit. Um, I think um, Pastor said so many and also Yanni too as well. Um, you also want to leverage, whether it's your fiance or your boyfriend in this case, right? Um, ask, ask questions, right? Um, even probably maybe the sibling of, you know, the person you're going out with, ask questions, get to know, you know, their favorite, if that's the favorite sibling, you know, they're close to the mom, get to know them. Hey, what does mommy like, you know? What does she like and stuff like that? Because the way, if you get closer, right, you can be able to, you know, it might, might just be a, I don't know, it might just be a barrier that she has put in place at first that you can be easily broken, can, can be easily broken. Once you get in, it's going to be a different case. But however, just as they said, wisdom is, is in play in this case. Even as we wrap up this session, I want you to know that we are dealing with a um, life journey. We are, li we are dealing with serious matter here. And so don't play around when it comes to relationship. Destinies are being, is in place and time is of essence. So if you know you are not serious, you still want to play around, don't go and get a good girl. Go look for somebody that will play with you. Yeah. I mean, if you know you still have um, some timeline of achievements that you need to achieve and somebody is serious, because if you, you really need to be very sensitive when, you, when you're in relationship with people, don't look at things from your standpoint, look at the other side. If this is the family that what they do is they, they marry early or maybe they're very few, maybe it's just two of them in the family. You don't come in to come and waste time. They'll kick you out because they will have a family meeting and mandate that person to break the relationship. So please be serious. And life is um, it's in seasons. What you waste time to achieve now, you may realize that you may not have the time. Thank you. 
Can we give God some praise? This was awesome time. Can we thank God for the lives of our amazing, um, wow, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Go ahead and stand to your feet here. So um, just to kind of wrap us up here as we pray briefly, um, we're going to do two things real quick. This has been an amazing series, hasn't it been? I think um, I've learned a lot and you know, there, I want you to remember, remember something that there is no perfect person out there for you. There is no one person for you. There is no soulmate. Listen, there are many people that could be easily compatible with you, but I want you to pray God's will over your life. And I want you to take a moment right now to begin to pray God's will that Lord, I've heard a lot of things in the month of February and God, I just need your will to be reign supreme over my life. I don't want my opinions. I don't want my, my preferences to get in the way of your will. Tayo even said that it might be your wrong time, but it's not God's wrong time. That was so powerful. I want you to pray that the Lord will give you the flexibility to work with his own timeline. That no more, Lord, I'm not giving you any more limits when it comes to my divine destiny partner. Lord, whenever you want to do it, do it. However you want to do it, I don't, Lord God, I'm giving you free reign to give me somebody maybe from a different culture, from a different way of life that I've never looked into. Lord, I'm destroying the list, those lists that you've written, that you think in one way, that Lord, I'm breaking the limits off of what you want for me, God. I just want your best. I want your will, that Lord God, no more looking at things my own way. Lord, I want things your own way. God Almighty, I'm not looking at things from the same perspective anymore. I want something completely different, Lord. Father God, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. And so right now we are in this place, Lord God Almighty, and I want to call upon anyone in this place who has not given their life to Christ. Maybe you're here in this room right now and you've heard a lot of things today, and maybe there's some things in your life that you are not proud of and you want to give your life back to Christ. I want you to raise your hand up. And our ushers are going to come around and they're going to give you something so that we can follow up with you. Is there anybody in this place right now who wants to redefine their relationship with God? If you're online, I want you to put saved in the chat. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus name we worship father God we thank you for this time in your presence oh Lord God I pray for every single person that has prayed out in this atmosphere that you will answer them speedily and give them the right perspective in the name of Jesus pray against the spirit of confusion and contention to the word of truth that has gone forth that I pray oh God there shall be evidence of what we has been done in this month in the name of Jesus in Jesus mighty name we pray Come on, thank God for this amazing series that we've just had. Praise God. Thank you for tuning into the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.